Help us to trust that our times are in your hands safely, O Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's very beautiful over there, said Thomas Edison. Oh, wow, oh, wow, uttered Steve Jobs. Jade Austin said, I want nothing but death. Oscar Wilde is reported to have said, either the wallpaper goes or I do. Ludwig van Beethoven said, friends, applaud. The comedy is finished. Harriet Tubman said, swing low, sweet chariot. Those are some reported famous last words. As we enter Holy Week, we are seeing the final words and actions of Jesus. Those of you who participated in the seven last words class in Lent know that Jesus' last words are quotations from the Psalms, most notably Psalm 22. Throughout his final week, Jesus repeatedly turns to the Psalms, both signaling that his passion is the fulfillment of the promises of God, and that in these Psalms, we can find comfort and wisdom to guide us. All of the sermons this Holy Week will therefore focus on the Psalms. Today's is the 31st, and in particular, I want to focus on the final three verses that we chanted. But as for me, I have trusted in you, O Lord. I have said, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servants and in your loving kindness save me. This is a psalm that certainly Jesus would have known well and provided him the strength he needed to endure his passion. When in the garden on the night of his arrest, he says, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus confidently puts his trust in God because he knows the truth of Psalm 31, that our times are in God's hand. Now, I'm not sure exactly what your suffering looks like today, but because we are all human, I know that you have some. Perhaps it is a health issue, a difficult decision that you will have to make, financial pressure, an addiction, depression, conflict at home or at work, struggles with children or aging parents, a sin that you struggle to forgive, the doubts about faith that you have, uncertainty about the future. The list could go on, of course. Life is certainly full of wonderful blessings, but it is also full of hardships. And so what a gift Jesus gives us in his final and holy week, the gift of using the Psalms to find hope and faith in the midst of whatever we face. Palm Sunday and all of Holy Week are still a part of the church's season of Lent. And so that theme that we've been tracing throughout this season remains, that theme of death, as does the new life that God gives us. Later in today's liturgy, when we get to the reading of the Passion, 
the theme of death will be unmistakable. But death is present beforehand as well. Sin and death are inexorably linked. As we know from the very beginning of scripture, in Genesis, it was the sin of eating from the fruit of the forbidden tree that led to the eventual death of Adam, Eve, and all of their descendants. In Romans, St. Paul writes, the wages of sin is death, and these two, sin and death, they are two sides of the same coin. And in Holy Week, for us and for our salvation, Jesus battles both sin and death. We see this in his entrance into the holy city, which we reenacted on our way into the church. Jesus did not just happen to find himself in Jerusalem that week. No, he very intentionally went there at the start of the Passover celebration. Nothing in Holy Week is a coincidence. It is all scripted by Jesus to make clear the mercy and love of God. The Passover celebration is the Jewish festival that calls to memory God's saving deeds in Egypt. The Hebrew people were enslaved there, and God, through Moses, liberated them from their oppression. To accomplish this, there was a plague of death that swept throughout Egypt and killed the firstborn in every household. That disaster is what finally prompted the Pharaoh to relent and let the people go. However, this plague of death did not visit the homes of the Hebrew people. They had been instructed to kill a lamb and smear its blood on the doorposts. This would cause death to pass over that house, hence the name Passover. The point, though, is this. Through the blood of the lamb, the people are spared from death. Jesus knew this story well, and it is his blood that allows us to pass over from death into life. Sin, though, is also on Jesus' mind on Palm Sunday. He enters the holy city riding a donkey, but he is very specific, as we heard in the Palm Sunday reading. It is to be a donkey that has never before been ridden. The sense of purity is tied to ideas from the Old Testament about sacrifices made for the atonement of sin. The sinless one rides into the holy city on an animal that reminds us of the sin offering. By the time we get to the Passion, we will see that Jesus became obedient even unto death, and there becomes a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. It's not so much that God needed a sacrifice or demanded a sacrifice, but rather that through this sacrifice, we are assured that we are forgiven. We know that what needs to be done has been done. As we heard in the gospel reading in the Liturgy of the Word, when Jesus enters the city, he had a destination in mind. He goes right to the temple and begins to drive out those who were corrupting it. He is beginning the process of cleansing sins. Centuries earlier, the prophet Ezekiel had a vision in which the presence of the Lord left the temple, essentially turning the temple into just a really big building. 
but it was prophesied that one day from the east, divine presence would return to the temple and usher in the age of the Messiah. Well, the Mount of Olives, from where Jesus came, it is to the east. Palm Sunday sets off all of these connections. The donkey mirrors the descendants of King David, and the Israel had been waiting for this rightful heir of David to reclaim the throne. When the charge against Jesus is that he is the king of the Jews, this is not an accident. The prophet Zechariah also writes about the Messiah coming from the Mount of Olives on a donkey. When the crowd shouts, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, the crowd is quoting a Psalm 118. And when they say peace in heaven and glory in the highest, that's Psalm 148. And when Jesus arrives in the temple, he is fulfilling the promise to return the presence of God to the holy temple. In all of these Palm Sunday actions, Jesus is choreographing the meaning and the purpose of this week that we call holy. It is to restore to God's people what has been lost to sin and death. There's a lovely prayer of blessing in the book of Numbers that says in part, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And in Psalm 31, we heard that through God's faithful and loving kindness, we shall be saved, that the blessing of God will be upon us. And that is the point of all of these connections on Palm Sunday. It is not, oh, well, how neat. Isn't the Bible so interesting? It's just great literature the way that they made this all work together. No, it's not that at all. These connections are assurances that history has been moving in this direction from the very beginning. Signs that as Psalm 31 says, we can trust in God to rescue us from our enemies of sin and death. These connections are to assure us that we can find comfort and confidence when our times are in God's hand. But so much of our strife and our anxiety comes when we try to clutch onto our time as if it were our own. Try as we might, we cannot make our own purpose. As St. Augustine famously said, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Now, sure, we can put our heart wherever we want to. We can do a lot of things with our hearts, our priorities, our time, our resources, but we will not find peace anywhere else. We cannot determine the meaning of our lives or our legacy. Our times, our lives are in God's hand. In Holy Week, Jesus, with psalms on his lips to guide him and to bolster him, puts his time in God's hands and wins for us the victory over sin and death. Now at St. Luke's, we have many, many opportunities to gather this week and hear this story of our salvation, to contemplate the psalms of Holy Week, to come and see the difference that Christ makes, to be nourished from God's grace. 
My prayer and my encouragement for you all is to intentionally and fully enter into this Holy Week and thereby practice putting our trust, our hope, our time in God's hands instead of our own. In the reading from Philippians, we heard that opening line, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Well, thanks to the Psalms, we have an idea of what was on Jesus' mind during his passion. In words and in actions, Jesus this week enacts Psalm 31, saying, I have trusted in you, O Lord. You are my God, and my times are in your hand. Take that prayer with you into Holy Week. Our times are in your hand, O Lord. Amen.